Hey, how are things? This is Mark here with episode 10 of the Clockwork Junkie podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. It's much appreciated. I hope you're all keeping safe and keeping well out there. The subject today is essentially 10 principles and beliefs that will help you navigate life much better. Now, these aren't my principles and beliefs. You've probably guessed already. There are principles and beliefs from an ancient philosophy called Stoicism and what it is to be Stoic. And I came across this, first of all, maybe 15 years ago. And I, only in the last probably two, maybe three years, I've looked into it an awful lot more. And I will say that it has helped me greatly with my depression. It's helped me to put things um, into perspective. It's helped me to... You know, not react or get excited by every little thing and that it's really taught me that a lot of stuff that used to worry me or even be on my mind um, is nonsense and I don't need to worry about it at all. So what is a Stoic or who is a Stoic? What kind of traits does a Stoic have? Um, I have 10 traits here that a Stoic has. I think I'll read that out first, then I might give you a small bit of background on Stoicism. And then I'll give you the 10 benefits and principles to help you navigate your life and see what you think of them. I really, really like them. Now, they're, they're really, really long. They're really, there's a lot into them. I'm going to summarize everything for you here. Um, the, the main book for it is a, a book called Meditations, and you can listen to that on YouTube. It's out there a couple of years now. It's over five and a half hours long, and it's a really, really hard listen to. Um, I've listened to it before. Uh, I'll admit, not all at the one sitting, I'd normally put on at night and then I'd fall asleep and then the next night I'd say, well, where was I on this? And well, it was only a couple of days ago or maybe a week ago, my brother was talking to me about Marcus Aurelius and he sent on, a, it was kind of a, if you like, um, I, I, I won't say a watered down version, but a much a kind of a summarized version of uh, Marcus Aurelius meditation books. And... Um, that kind of got it back into my mind again and because it had helped me and I was, you know, learning stuff off it on a regular basis, um, I kind of have been doing most of it without even realising. So it was that little conversation that brought it back up for me. So I'll tell you here, here's what a stoke should do. Here's the 10 things. Um, and no, I don't do all of these myself. I do a lot of them most of the time. I try to do them all. Um, and nor will I be trying to teach anybody else to do them. Um, that's a different guy on a different podcast, certainly not me. So someone who is a stoic is, they're serene and confident no matter what you throw at them. They act out of reason and not emotion. They focus on what they can control and they don't worry about what they can't control. They accept fate grace, uh, graciously and try to make the best of it. Appreciate what they have, they don't complain. They're kind, generous and forgiving towards others. Actions are prudent and takes full responsibility. A Stoic is calm and not attached to external things. A Stoic possesses practical wisdom, justice, benevolence, courage and self-discipline. And a Stoic lives in harmony with himself or herself, mankind and nature. Now, wouldn't it be just great to be able to do all those things? When I hear that, I kind of picture, you know, one of these Buddhist monks up in a temple a thousand miles from anywhere and just completely at one with the universe. Um, I'm not like that. I'm not. One, I'm not at one with the universe at all. I know you're not either, more than likely. Um, so, but I found that the 
the more of these things you can do, it's the much better for yourself. Um, and it takes a while. So, like, I won't go through this podcast. You won't look it up the next day. And you won't become that person that you think you might be able to come the following day. It takes ages. It took me years. As I said, I even forgot that I was doing most of these principles until I had a conversation with my brother about Marcus Aurelius and the meditations book. And then it all came flooding back to me then. Um, as I was going through the summarized version of it, I said, yeah, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'm sure that's... And then I said, look, because it has helped me with my depression, I just felt it would be remiss if I didn't at least talk a little bit about the subject. And I think that it deserves a podcast. Um... Podcast 11, just to let you know, um, will be on Supernatural and Paranormal. And Podcast 12 then will be on... Um, I've got an awful lot of emails asking me to talk again about my depression and some stories and how I dealt with it and stuff like that. I'm Look, I'm very, very happy to do that. I'm an open book, no problem whatsoever. So they'll be the next two um, podcasts. So for this one, essentially Stoicism, It's as I said, it's an ancient art form. It... it was um, created by a guy called Seno, and that was 300 BC. And it actually reigned as the number one philosophy um, at the time for 500 years. Now, it kind of went away then, and then it kind of completely petered out altogether. And I don't know why. I've read a couple of things down through the years to see, and I've looked it up, to be honest, before I started this podcast, and there's so many contradictory terms and contradictory... uh, reasons for it kind of fading away so i don't know what the answer to that but it was from from 300 bc it was huge it was the number one philosophy all if you like the sage people and wise people were all practicing stoicism and trying to become stoic there would have been three main writers um kind of you know people that would would have wrote about the principles and one of them was a fellow called seneca now i could have pronounced his name wrong he would have been a tutor to uh, nero um, I suppose a side story on that um, he actually died by suicide and it was Nero that talked him into doing it it's a very very interesting read if if you ever have five minutes to spare um, the other guy then would have been Epictetus um, Epictetus would have been a, a, a slave he was poor uh, he ended up you know, opening his own school and he ended up teaching Stoicism to the brightest and best that was around at the time and one of those was Marcus Aurelius um, Marcus Aurelius would have been there was five good emperors of Rome he was known as the last good emperor um, he without a doubt would have been the most powerful man in the world at that time but interestingly enough he used to go up when he was finished every night and he'd write and he'd write down about his day about stuff that happened stuff that mattered at the time that didn't seem to matter at this particular time and won't matter again and he started writing down and jotting down his thoughts and maybe how he could be better and how he could improve the next day. and um, Not the situations around him, but how he reacted to it. And that was turned into the meditations and that was the book that I spoke about earlier that's available on YouTube for free. So there were the three guys that kind of wrote everything. But um, again, as I said, it disappeared then, um, you know, about eight, 800 BC. And I don't know why, but oddly enough, all their works and their writings uh, and their principles remained um and it kind of came to the fore in the 1970s a couple of authors uh holiday and erwin they wrote books on um uh what is it called cognitive behavioral therapy and uh, there was a lot of stoicism in that 
Um, and that's, to be honest, where I came across at the start as well, reading those articles or those books to find out how those guys, uh, you know, how, how to train your mind to do what you want to do. So it all boils down then that there's 10, if you like, um, principles and beliefs that will help you navigate your life, make your life better, make you calmer, make you more, I suppose, content in your heart. Um, and I have them here. Um, they're really, really long, so I'm going to summarize them all. Um, and the first one is live in agreement with nature. So essentially what that's saying is it's saying that you have us and you have animals. So what separates us from the animals is our mental and social abilities. So we're meant to apply reason, if you like, for any of our actions that we do, whereas an animal would just go straight away as instinct is to hunt or to kill. Um, we're, if we're, we're able to think about our preferred action before we even act. Um, and that's the goal of being a stoic, you know, kind of to live in agreement with nature by applying the reasons, by applying reasons to our actions. So essentially what that's saying is that we, we don't have to react to everything all the time. Um, and I can't tell you how long it took me to realize that. Um, if, if so, something happens and if, you know, it, it could be something that might annoy you, it might piss you off. You might be so angry with an individual, for example, um, and you might react, you know, really, really bad towards the individual. And but you'll feel bad then. You'll feel angry all day. You'll be annoyed all day. You'll be under pressure. You might even be stressed all day. If you do that enough times and times and times again, you'll start feeling anxiety. You'll start feeling everything. So not everything needs a reaction. If something happens, it's the old rule. If it's not going to matter in five months, well, then it doesn't matter. Um, and that's true. That's very, very true. The second one then is to live by virtue. So obviously virtue is the highest of all goods, I suppose. Um, and what it says about that is that no matter what happens to us, we can always try to apply reason and choose to live in accordance with virtue. Um, and it's, it says that we should always try, if we can, to do the right thing and that we're always in control. And, and that is true. Like I didn't always, but... For, for the longest time, I always try to lead with the intention of doing the right thing. Um, sometimes that's perfect and people think I'm sound. Sometimes people did disagree with it and I'm the worst in the world. But that's none of my concern. All I can do for my mind is to lead with, you know, trying to do the right thing and with virtue. Um, if you are kind of a virtuous person and if you're even helping other people, People who are virtuous normally don't get a reward for anything. Not that I suppose if you're really virtuous, you shouldn't be getting a reward anyways. You shouldn't be wanting one. But normally someone with virtue helps people out and you never hear about it again. And the only reward, if you like, is the thankfulness of the person that you helped, which should be a reward enough, I suppose. Um, the third one then is uh, focus on what you can control and accept what you can't. Now, this is a hard one and I... I I struggled with this for so long. Um, it's you know, all we can control, really, is our mind. We can't control anything else. We control our mind, but then the actions that we can, that we take. So if we can control our mind and the actions that we take. We can try our best that we can every single day. Um, but we, can, we, if we can accept all that happens that we don't control, like if if we're disturbed by every single thing that we're not in control of, we'll be helpless victims. And to be honest, you're not in control of a lot of things. Um, it took me a long time to realize that I wasn't in control of a lot of things. Um, and, and 
if you think you're in control of a lot of things and there's a lot of stuff going wrong, you'll be a helpless victim for the rest of your life. You'll be stressed, you'll feel down, you'll feel angry, you'll think the whole world is against you. Um, so focus on what you can control and focus on what you can't control. The fourth one then is distinguish between good, bad and indifferent things. So good things, I suppose, is you know everything that's virtue, the likes of wisdom, courage, justice, self-discipline, if you like. Um, bad things then would be, you know, vice, injustice, cowardness, uh, not uh, not having self-discipline or temperance, if you like. Um, so if, if, for example, something bad happens to you, whatever the case may be, you have a choice. Will I react bad? Will I react good? If you react bad, then that is going to annoy you and nobody else, really. It's going to annoy you. It's going to piss you off. You're going to be talking to your friends and family then. You're going to be annoyed. You're going to be in bad mood, bad humour. You're going to be stressed. You're going to be feel on edge. You're going to feel angry. Um, and, and whatever happens or whatever somebody says only gives a power if you allow it to give a power. And then the indifferent things are the likes of um, if someone belongs belonging to you dies of you know a heart attack or they get cancer or they're dying in a crash. Like you aren't in control of that. So I'm not saying don't worry about it. I'm saying you you can't it's 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 neither a good thing nor a bad thing according to stoicism it's an indifferent thing it's something you cannot control so if somebody for example that you love is dying of cancer and you're looking at them and all you want to do is help you have to realize that you cannot help that there is nothing that you can do to help that situation all you can do is the good thing which is to have courage and to have self-discipline and talk to the person and be kind to them while they're there that's all you can do and i know that for a fact because i've done it myself um, but my mum died of cancer and at the time that she was really really ill um, unbeknownst to myself I was practicing this distinguishing good bad and indifferent so the good things is only stuff that I can do for her at the time the bad things was reacting bad you know crying in front of her being angry with the whole world I didn't do any of that and then the indifferent things was that I wasn't in control of how she was or wasn't going to heal or how she felt at any particular time all I could do was the good things which was to be there for her and that's exactly what I did. Well, that's what everybody did, in fairness. The next one, then, is to take action like a true philosopher. Um, and what that's saying is, like, a, a true philosopher lives by the ideas. So you kind of have... A, a true philosopher would be a warrior of the mind. Uh, now, this is something that I haven't completely got under control yet. I'm very good at it some days, and other days I'm a holy disaster. So, you know... Loads of people, many people learn, they acquire knowledge, if you like, but they just store in their minds. They forget that the most practical part is to live and practice the ideas that they've learned. So you might have a warrior of a mind, that's someone who goes out and does what they're doing and gets an idea and puts it into action. But the other one then, and I'm the warrior of a mind about 20% and 80% I'm this one, and it's the librarian of the mind. So what I do is I get an idea and I put it on the shelf. I kind of procrastinate. Now, I, I will confess I'm getting much, much better than that, but I'm nowhere near I want to be. Absolutely nowhere near. I'm a mile off, but I am getting better. Um, and as I practice this, as my life goes on, hopefully I'll get better and better and better. Um, it doesn't mean that I won't overreact. It doesn't mean that I won't have a cardiac arrest when something happens or get stressed out. Of course I will. I'm only human. But it just means that I might be doing it less. And I have been doing it less because it's helped me with an impression. It's helped me with everything that I'm doing. Uh, the sixth one then is practice misfortune. Now, I think this is a gem, if I ever heard of a gem. So, and it's kind of, so hopefully I can explain it right. It's um, imagine potentially bad scenarios. 
in advance that might happen. So they won't catch you by surprise. Now, I don't mean be worrying about it every five minutes and always being going around under pressure and think, oh, what am I going to do when if this happens? No, no. Just what can genuinely happen? So I suppose, what would you call it? Let's say you're going on holiday in the morning and you're going from wherever you live, you're going 200 miles, you're driving there, you're staying in a and b you're going to a water park or blah, 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 you're booking meals. That's perfect. But just before you go, have a small little think of look, what could go wrong on this. So, you know, is there enough oil in the car? Is there enough petrol in the car? Are, are all the tyres okay? Um, have I packed all the necessities? You know, um, what would happen if there, if, 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 um, what would happen if someone got sick that was supposed to be coming with us? So all these little things, if you just take a second or two and think about them, what might happen? And this is what I'll do if that happens. And then if this happens, I'll do this and so on and so forth. Um, you'll be a lot less stressed doing that for a couple of minutes than you will be crossing your fingers, hoping everything goes right, and then having a nervous breakdown when it doesn't go right. Um, that, that, that's a gem. Uh, the seventh one, I love myself as well. It's uh, add a reserve clause to your actions. I absolutely love this. So you only control your actions, but you don't control the outcome most of the time, whether you like to believe it or not. So you can give your best, uh, the best you very can, but maybe it won't bring you the results that you want. And that's the truth of it. You know, choose to do your best um, to succeed in anything you're doing. But simultaneously know that and accept that the ultimate outcome uh, is beyond your control. Uh, and that is the truth. And my, my favourite saying of that is, um, I think it's Epictetus wrote, he said that um, it's like him saying to someone, oh, I'm going to sail tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going sailing. So what he means by that is, Tomorrow I'm getting up and I'm going sailing. It's my intention to do that. I'm planning to do that. And if it's up to me at all whatsoever, I will do that. But then he wakes up the next morning. He's getting ready to go and there's a hurricane, big storm, and he can't go. Well, that is not his fault. That's an indifferent thing. It's completely out of his control. So if he goes around the whole day worrying about that and saying, oh my God, this is ridiculous and I'm so taken. No, he was going to go. So he couldn't go because it was a storm. So that same would be, I'm going to go sailing tomorrow, the weather permitting. And that's it. So it's completely out of your control. So you don't always think, oh, I've tried to do, if you try to do 10 things, and this is not saying it's a bad thing. If you try to do 10 things in your life, you'll be lucky if five of them work out for you. Now, you know that from your life. I, you know, whoever listens to this, I guarantee you that's happened. Some things work out, some things don't. I'm the same. You're lucky if you do 10 things. You're lucky if five of them work out. And that is the truth. But a lot of times what we don't realise is we're not in control of everything, of the outcome. We're only in control of what we can do to get to a certain place. The outcome is normally completely out of our control. So if you can't do anything about it, you shouldn't be worrying about it. It shouldn't be part of your psyche. You should let it go. You cannot control it. And that's fair enough. That brings me on to the eighth one, which is probably the hardest one, to be honest. It's uh, love everything that happens. So it says it's kind of accept rather than fight every little thing that happens. Um, we, I, you, we don't decide everything that happens to us. Um, you know, in fact, we control very little, to be honest. Um, like, you can't imagine that, you know, everything that happens happens specifically for me or to me. You know, like, that scenario, if you're going to go sailing the next day and you're looking forward to it for a week and then all of a sudden there's a storm and you can't go, you say, just ridiculous, like, that's just my luck. It's not your luck. It's not your luck at all. It's a completely random thing. 
completely irrelevant of what you had in your mind or your plans. It was an uncontrollable thing that happened anyways. So it's, it's not your luck at all whatsoever. It's just something that happened completely out of your control and it's not to be worried about at all. I think the key to that is to, if you wish for the situation to happen, as they do anyways, and for your life to go smoothly either way. And that's probably the catch of that. Um, and that is very hard. There, there's, there's, there, look, there's no doubt about that at all. Um, the ninth one then is to turn obstacles into opportunities. Now, we've all heard this several times. Of course we have. Um, and this is all about how we perceive things, really. Like So, like, uh, you know, everything that happens can be made into an opportunity. We all know that. But it's so hard to do it. Um, you know, it's like the world's against you. Everything's gone wrong. Uh, the country's gone to the dogs. Everything's, you know, there's nothing going right. But it all depends. It's all about what way you look at it. Um, there's, a, there's an example of that where there's a cart and the cart is heading down a road and there's a dog tied to a leash on the cart. And the leash is long enough that the dog has two choices. Choice A, the dog can fight and force his way to go against the cart which is going this direction irrelevant of what the dog wants to do. And he'll be scraped and dragged and it'll be the worst trip from A to B ever. Or the second thing the dog can do is to accept and follow the cart, go with the flow if you like. Because the cart's going away anyways. And enjoy the walk and enjoy the scenery and enjoy the smell. And in that kind of metaphor, we're the dog. So we can choose what way to take any situation. So whatever happens, it's up to us to how we react to it. And how we react to it is how we feel and, and how we go about um if you like our, our next task or the next thing we want to do and the tenth one then is just to be mindful and that's just to bring your full awareness into your actions um one of the things i used to do a lot and, I, and a lot of people do well we all do but some people more than others is we act out of emotion instead of rational decisions like not everything needs to be oh you this or you that you know relax calm down Nobody died. It's not going to matter in a fortnight. It's absolutely irrelevant. Um, you know, if it's like it's what Marcus Aurelius did, if you can observe yourself, uh, you know, through your daily actions before you go to bed, you might make better decisions the next day. Um, and that's true. Like, you don't always have to be acting out of emotions all the time. Uh, everything that, like, the world doesn't revolve around you. The world doesn't revolve around me. The world is happening regardless of it. It was around long before humans were here, and it'll more than likely be around long after we're gone. We're just here for this time, and it's a short time. So there's a lot of stuff that we don't need to be worrying about. There's a lot of stuff that's absolutely irrelevant to us. If you can't fix it and there's nothing you can do about it, don't worry about it. It's all about your perception and how you kind of feel about it. Um, uh, on the other side of it, with stoicism, kind of there's an anti-stoicism kind of, where they'd say, oh, well, you know, it's a, but this emotion is what I feel like. You know what I mean? Someone says that this the, the, uh, emotion to um what i i feel this way so how can i not react to that because that's me being my normal self um and look no one ever said anything about not feeling stuff stoicism is not about not feeling stuff at all no one said you can't ever cry no one said you can't ever feel sad um you can forget manliness completely oh i'm a man i have this nonsense if you need to take a moment by all means go ahead i do it a lot Real strength lies in the domestication of your emotions. It's not pretending that they don't exist. Of course they exist. But if you can say, look, will this matter in two weeks? No. Well, then it does not matter. Like, my, let's say, for instance, two of your best friends get into a real big argument and they're, they're not talking to each other and they're, you're going, oh, my God. Like, like, there's nothing you could have done about that. 
You might have been able to influence it, but you're not in control of them as much as you like to think you are. They did what they want to do anyways. It was an indifferent thing that happened, which has nothing got to do with you. It's how you react then. If you react bad and you're all trying to take sides and then you're, don't worry about it. Just be virtuous, be virtuous in yourself. Say, look, still talk to the two of them if you like and tip along doing your own life. They get back together as friends. That's okay. There's nothing you can do about it. Not one single thing you, that you can do about it at all. Uh, there's a guy here that wrote a book. His name is Donald Robertson. And he kind of explains it well uh, in terms of emotions and all that. And I'll read the quote from him because I think it's very good. He said, a brave man or woman isn't someone who doesn't experience any trace of fear whatsoever, but someone who acts courageously despite feeling anxiety. And then he goes on to say, a man who has great self-discipline or restraint isn't someone who feels no inkling of desire, but is someone who overcomes his or her cravings by abstaining from acting upon them. So just because you want to do something, even if it's bad for you, it doesn't mean that you have to do it. Like if you're out and you're in your 20s, and you are calling to the lad's house every Saturday and you're doing a few lines before you go out and you decide that you don't want to do that anymore. Um, but the lads are saying, oh, you have to do it. Just don't do it. And if you have to get new people, get new people. Like, you won't know half those lads or half those guards in 10 years anyways. Trust me. Once you start getting into your 20s and 30s, all these people fade away and they start doing their own thing. And it's only, you have, the older you get, the really, really small bunch of close friends that you'll have, um, people that will trust you. Um, people that you know you kind of want a friend or you want someone around you that'll ring you and see that you got home okay or ring you and ask you how are you doing for no reason whatsoever if you go and meet someone and drink with them all the time or if you go and meet someone and you know do drugs with them or if you go if if, if you're only meeting in house parties they're not friends you might have a bit of crack and a bit of fun of course you will but when the shit hits the fan they'll be gone missing and i that's 100 percent. i guarantee you that uh Marcus Aurelius writes then, very, very interesting, he says, if you are pained by an external thing, it is not this thing that disturbs you, but your own judgment about it. And you have the power to wipe this out immediately. And that's so true, it's unbelievable. So it's how we react to what happens. Um, and it's how we take it as ourselves. It's how, and it has helped me so much, it's absolutely unbelievable. And about, you know, planning that things go wrong, you're, you're not hoping for, for things to go wrong at all whatsoever. You're hoping for everything to go right. But you're just saying, the world doesn't revolve around me. I can't control what people think. I can't control you misunderstood me and you spoke to someone else and now the two of you don't like me. Who cares? Who cares? doesn't matter. <clears throat> it's just to be prepared for stuff that might go wrong. And I have a little thing here from Seneca. Really, really good. I, it's a quote and I'll read it. He says, I may wish to be free from torture. But if time comes for me to endure it, I wish to bear it courageously with bravery and honour. Wouldn't I prefer not to fall into war? But if war does befall me, I wish to carry nobly the wounds, starvation and other, necess and other necessities of war. <clears throat> Neither am I so crazy to desire illness, but if I must suffer illness, I wish to do nothing rash or dishonourable. The point is not to wish for these, adversary, these um, adversaries, but for the virtue to make these adversaries bearable and i like that i think that's really good so you're you're not preparing for everything to go bad all the time you're just having in your mind that things could go bad and what way you'll deal with it and i like stoicism it's helped me no end with my depression it's helped me to not to worry about stuff that i don't worry about it's helped me to um 
Loads of stuff was eaten away at me for years and years and years and years. Um, you know, hundreds of things. And I don't think any of them, I, I couldn't care less about any of them now. At all. What? Not even, not even, I can't even remember what half them are, to be honest. That's the truth. That's the God's honest truth. I can't remember what half of the things that, that at the time dragged me down to depression. I don't even remember what half of them are. Because I'm a completely changed person. And a lot of it is because of myself. Of course it is. A lot of it is because of this. This is great knowledge. There's a lot more. I only broke it down there. There's a lot more to it. Um, again, look, I'm not gonna, I am not going didn't read it. And then the next day I come along and all of a sudden I'm going around. My name is Mr. Stoic. Of course I didn't. It took me ages. And I'm still not there. But I'm doing really, really well. And this is one of the reasons why. So I thought it would be a cop-out if I didn't mention it and bring it up. Um, so I hope you enjoy that. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Look, I, I like, you know, there's a lot of people streaming it on uh, Spotify. Uh, please follow if you're doing that on Spotify and please have a listen to everything else if you're only new to the podcast now. Um, I'd like you to go on YouTube. There's stuff on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. There's stuff on there that's not on Spotify. Um, I, like, I listen to them both on, on both things myself. Um, and thanks very much. I have a Facebook page, as you know. Just, you know, there's no harm in sharing that on Facebook. It'd be great to get more people involved in that and get more people listening to the podcast, whether it be on YouTube or whether it be on Spotify. Um, thanks very much. I really appreciate it. And I'll be coming at you uh, Monday and Wednesday of next week with two more podcasts. Thank you. Bye-bye.